You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. and shine football fans welcome to morning footy happy thursday everyone happy um, thursday. buckle up because i can't hear anything yeah. i can't hear my producer alexis and i can't hear so charlie and nico are now in charge you're running the show you're just gonna have to give us some cues when we're it's, switching graphics all of that it's are like you when ready you need a passenger to land the yeah. plane <laughs> i mean why but not? the pilot's here he's just like i can't use my this is great right. this is exactly how, flight uh, simulator, but the plane is real. We got this, you guys. It's we'll fine. Be just it's fine. fine. We, we absolutely will. I'm Don't Susanna worry about it. Collins. It's not live. We'll just do it again. <laughs> we'll do it again. Yeah. Exactly. You get to catch it on the rears. Um, hi, Charlie. Hello. It's good to have you back. It's good to be here. Missed you, as always, on a Wednesday. I watched. Did you? I did. Okay. So you weren't here. We had the whole conversation about the announcement of Michael Bradley mm-hmm. retiring um, after 19 years in professional soccer, 151 wow. caps 19 years. for the U.S. men's national team. We spoke a little bit about what his legacy might look like because I think he's a polarizing figure in, yep. in soccer. And I'm curious, as somebody who, who knows him, what your take is. What do you think his legacy will be? Well, I just think of what he meant to the U.S. men's national team and and how he approached every single day, professional. He gave 100% focus and commitment to the country. Um, I came up into the youth national team set up with him uh, for the under 18 national team. And a young Michael Bradley Ooh, uh, young was Charlie was Davis. still was oh my. was still growing into his body. To be honest, at that at that stage, and as his father started to give him more appearances with the U.S. Men's National Team, you could tell the belief, the quality, just continued to grow. And there were a lot of whispers: Oh, he would only play if his father was a coach. That's the only way he would play. And he proved everyone wrong. And I got to see him from the very beginning of, of how he grew into becoming a professional as a man, as a father, as a, as a husband. And I, I consider myself lucky being able to have shared the field with him just because I knew that he was consistent, what we were going to get from him every single match. Mm. You know, um, I, when to, I think about top, Michael Bradley. Top professional. I think of someone who doesn't, a lot like his father, doesn't really share a lot of emotion on his face, very stoic. Uh, behind the scenes, did it affect him, that, that connection with his father that seemingly never really went away? Did that hinder him in any way? If it did, it, he didn't show it. Even that's, to you guys? For, yeah, he, ne- he never, never spoke about it being difficult or the situation. He was just like, it is what it is. We're playing. I'm here. I got to show up. I got to do my job. And, and he did. I, I mean, he, the, the 
the, the man balled. And, and especially during the, the certain times that I can remember in 2010, 20, 2009, 2010, I mean, Confederations Cup, he scores that big goal for us uh, against Egypt. We needed three goals to go through. Um, I scored the first. I think uh, Michael scored the second and Clint scored the third or, or vice versa. Uh, but he just really came. I think he really grew from that tournament. The, the Dutch season, he had 15 goals and 33 appearances in 2007, 2008 for Heronveen. That really put him on the map. So he earned respect everywhere. Went to Bundesliga, played in Serie A, played in, in countless World Cups. I mean, this is a, a player who has tremendous quality and respect. I think that's what he was always looking mm -hmm. for is, hey, respect me for, for the player I am, the person I am. And he, he earned it. He deserved it. So... My question. Yes. Uh, one of the big what ifs, you know, we always talk about the what ifs of American soccer. What if uh, the goal had uh, been allowed, Germany would have got the red card in the 2002 quarterfinal, right? All, all these things that possibly could have happened, but they didn't. Michael Bradley gets a red card against Spain in the semifinal of the Confederations Cup. Yes. Do you think that if Michael Bradley would have played the final of the Confederations Cup against Brazil, you guys would have won? Uh, that's difficult to say. I mean, we were up 2-0 at halftime without Michael Bradley. Right. So, and then don't you think like a Michael Bradley second half when things started getting rough maybe would have helped out uh, to see that game out? A hundred percent, it helps. But to say that we would have won if he was playing or, or not playing, I think that's... that's that's harsh to okay. say. Let me, let, I, me, let me rephrase then. Yeah. Let me rephrase because I, I know you want to be respectful of everybody else yeah. and, and, and it's obviously logical because you guys put up an incredible performance. Would you have liked Michael to be there for, for, for that final? No, I wouldn't have. <laughs> of course. I'm happier without him there. Yeah. Of course. Uh, this, I think this epitomizes Michael Bradley in my mind. So we're playing at Azteca Stadium. All right, it's, it's my first game against Mexico, a game that I've always dreamed of playing in. It's a, a very intimidating environment. So we get there two hours before the game in the locker room. Everyone wants to go do the pregame walk. So you walk out of the locker room and there's a spiral staircase to the field. Now, as soon as you get to this spiral staircase, it sounds like a beehive, like a hornet's nest. And it is loud, it is intimidating. So I get to the stairs, I'm like, I'm not, oh, I'm not going out there first. I'm not gonna be the first one to go up these stairs. I wait for someone, another person, play, and we're, it's about six of us, and we're all kind of like hanging out, being like, oh, who's gonna, and Michael Bryan's like, are you kidding me, guys? Let's go. And hmm. he led us onto the mm -hmm. field. That's the type of person he yeah. is. That's the type of character uh, he has. So um, I don't think, he even gets the credit he deserves as a player, mm -hmm. but he was fantastic. Could you ever joke around with him? Could you ever? Uh, like, all the time. You know, just, yeah. like, he, he, I don't see it. I no, I don't see it. You might see it, but he, he's not going to show it to you. But yeah, yeah we joke. He's, he's, a, he's a real person. He laughs. He smiles. I maybe I, I'm just saying as the fans we never got to see it which is a shame but I, I also said on the show that I thought he would be a coach do you see the same thing he seems like he's prepared himself to be a coach after after his playing career I, I think he could go down a, a bunch of different avenues I mean yes uh, coaching he could be a, a sporting director a club president um, I feel like he 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 needs to be close to the game mm-hmm so yeah. I could see him being a coach and and Michael's as competitive as anyone I know so I could see him saying, I, I want to have a better career than my father did as, as a coach. Hmm. And that be what's pushing him every single day to, to get the most out of his, 
Dang. Of, of his ability. Out of curiosity, t- Toronto's his home now, right? The yeah. last time I spoke to him, at TFC, I interviewed him with the men's national team in Toronto, perhaps. And he said he was loving Toronto. And yeah, that, he, that, I mean, Toronto home. was home. He loved it. Yeah. So. Hey, guess what, guys? Yeah. I can hear the producer. Yeah, me too. Yay! Yay! Nice. Guys, Nico was like, we need to move. Yeah, yeah, he was like, <laughs> like, yes, thank you, great job. You know teamwork, man. I appreciate you. You're the best. Um, okay, that was great, Charlie. Thank you for uh, all the the thoughts on Michael Bradley. An incredible career. We got to get him on the show now. I know we do. He'd be fun. I mean, I think we don't right. know, according to uh, Charlie. So says Charlie. <laughs> so says Charlie. He would. He would. All right, let's uh, let's transition to the one MLS game that we had last night, and that was Inter Miami hosting Charlotte FC. This is uh, just days away from decision day. Lionel Messi on the bench for Inter Miami. They're already eliminated from the playoffs. Charlotte, so much to play for in this one. A huge three points as they're still fighting for the postseason. As you could see, uh, Kerwin Vargas for Charlotte played an incredible ball for Copetti in that first first goal. Then it was kind of back and forth, but Inter-Miami turned it on towards the end of this match. Mm-hmm. And you could see here, Robbie Robinson gets that equalizer and they were pushing for the winner. They were. But uh, I, I just felt, Charlotte, you had the game. This Not is, clinical enough, man. Just, they, no. they had to finish it off at dagger 3-1. And this was this is the, the, the story of their season, mm-hmm. though. They, they give up these late leads. Mm-hmm. And if you look at their at their form, there are so many draws and so many of those are because they had the lead late and they, they just cough it up um, late in the game. And so it's just kind of their, that's been their mojo this year. It's just, and it's not enough. And we're looking at the, the bottom half of the Eastern Conference standings. Now, mind you, guys, teams in positions from one to seven, they have already clinched. So that's why we were looking at this uh, eight and ninth positions. These are our final two spots. <laughs> eight and crazy. nine will play in a play-in game uh, midweek next week. And so does anybody want to take these two yeah. spots? And by the way, ninth Anyone? is out. I know that's confusing, but DC United out. Yeah. So everyone else, even though they were above the line, they're out. <laughs> because they've played all their games. They've played all their Someone games. Someone will surpass them no matter what. They are the only what. team that won't be playing this Saturday on decision day. Yeah. So, But they have mathematically already been eliminated. And eliminated. Cr- crazy enough, just to throw it out there, people might not know that the tiebreaker is wins in Major League Soccer. Not goals. Usually or. in other leagues around the world, it's goal differential. Mm-hmm. But wins is the second criteria of tiebreaker. After points. And for Charlotte, Messi didn't play in this match, mm-hmm. but he's expected to play and they are at in home. Charlotte on turf. Exactly. So this will Sold be the crowd, first match right? that Messi plays on turf in Major League Soccer. Well, it's just interesting because you would think, in the same way that you know Dallas had this opportunity. Now, Dallas would have won if, or had they won, they would have clinched the, the playoffs against a Colorado. But you look at a, a Miami team that's without their, their big stars, and you, you need three points in this game. You had a late mm-hmm. lead in this game. This is just such a missed opportunity for Charlotte. And now it comes down to decision day where you have to win. You, you, you're not in control of your own destiny. And you you're have, playing against Messi. And, you're, and now you're playing against the best player in the world who is back in form as we saw in that match against Peru. So it, it, I don't know, it's all setting up to be a very interesting decision day. There are some crazy matches. NYCFC play the Chicago Fire, yeah. Alexis, on decision day. And they are, look at this in the, on the standings on the right here, Chicago Oof. are in 11th on 40, NYCFC in 13th on 38. Mm. 
There's a, it's a, everyone has a shot. Everyone except Inter-Miami, Toronto, and D.C. United have a shot. Uh, Again, Chicago Fire were bad for most of the season, and you would expect this would be an easy match. But this is, again, it's MLS, the magic of MLS. And towards the end of the season, you could turn it on. And Chicago actually have more points than NYCFC, so this is not going to be an easy game no. by any stretch of the imagination. No, it's not. And if you look at a team like the Red Bulls, going to Nashville, playing there against a very uh, defensively sound team. Now, I know they gave up some goals against New England in their, in their last match. Uh, it's been kind of hit and miss for them lately, but that's not an easy match for Montreal, Columbus has been very good. That's going to be tough. I mean, Charlie, do you have an inclination as to who are going to snag those those final two spots and play in that play-in game? If you had to, if you had to make a pick, put some money on it. I, I think Mo- Montreal are, are poor on the road, but because they're on 41 points, I think that one point is massive. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to the winner of Chicago and New York City FC and. You'd like to you'd like to bet that New York City FC can can do it at home because different pitch. It, it, I think it bodes well for New York City FC the, their style of play at home, knowing that it's winner or bust that they can get a jo- get the job done versus Chicago Fire. But Sh- Shakiri has has picked it up as of late with the national team, with the fire. If he's playing mm. and scoring goals, this fire team changes completely. And the outlook, I think, for the Chicago Fire is, look what we've been able to accomplish so far. We, we, can, we can get into the playoffs. And you as a Chicago native, like, I know. <laughs> how would you feel about the fire get it sneaking into the playoffs after this I'm, tumultuous season? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head that they're even in this position because it has not been good for them I think this year. That same sentiment many teams are feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's the expanded playoff field. I think that, you know, that's a whole other conversation that we've had several times on this show about – I got to say rewarding up rewarding teams that are not terribly good. Right. Well, um, but at this point, I look at the fire and there's one person that deserves the credit and that's Frank Klopas as like an interim an manager interim. to what get the most out of Ezra this team. Hendrickson? It was the, he was one of the first coaches yeah. to get fired this season, wasn't he? And, and the fire it was early on. The fire are taking their time with finding the next manager and I think it comes down to what's the project? What's the plan? Let's just wait play out the season, and they could still get into the playoffs, which is crazy. It's crazy. And then for for next season, bring in a manager who sees the long-term vision. My hope is that for both of these teams, NYCFC and Chicago, you don't it, whichever one gets in the playoff, you don't think, well, this was a successful season. Because right now, NYCFC have eight wins. No, it's not a successful season at no, all. No, it's not. But to get in the playoffs, I don't want someone to say, but we got in the oh, playoffs. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. There's, a lot of questions. Right. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered for a team like NYCFC. And if you get in the playoffs, do not think, hey, everything's, we're fine. That's no, a, it's not homeostasis. You know the making the playoffs becomes a band-aid for yeah, a for lot sure. of for a lot of and teams. That's, that's my favorite with this expanded mm-hmm. with this expanded base. Yeah. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. For the fans, I hope yeah. I hope NYCFC mm-hmm. gets in. But for the front office, that doesn't mean everything's okay. Yeah. I know. Susanna to break headlines are next, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Nico. Hey, well done. <laughs> you know, the producer, the producer just told my Nico stage to be quiet. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Oh, it's back. It's that back. was a wild that was a wild first segment, you guys. Um, as uh, Nico said, we are going to take a break and Ali Trost Martin's gonna be back with some headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So I was talking to my sister uh, for about four years when my book came out. She was about to give birth to her first. And she called me. Um, Take a second. She called me and left me a voicemail. Um, yeah, and I'll never forget it. She said she didn't want her firstborn to not know her aunt. Wow, uh, that's a side of Carly Lloyd that I think not many of us have been privy to. Charlie, mm -hmm. uh, the second episode featuring Carly Lloyd of, of Kicking It that's streaming now on Paramount Plus, by the way. Um, what was it like? What was it like sitting across from her? Because I know that you, you know her and that you have known her in the past, but to see her kind of open up like that and allow herself to be emotional and vulnerable, especially when she's talking about her family and how they... We're not speaking for a long time. What was that like? I, I was in shock for most of the You saw it on your face, actually. You I, were like... I, I, <gasps> I was trying to understand how much she's been through and her mentality, which is like, I am going after this gold. I'm going after the World Cup trophy. I'm going after the best player in the world, and nothing is going to keep me from that. Nothing. And that means family. Mm -hmm. And to mm. hear her go about reconnecting with her family. I, I was getting emotional. I had all these different emotions inside, but in the end, I have so much respect for her as a, as a player, as a person. I think I learned a lot about her and the way she's built her, her DNA, but she's learned a lot throughout this process. And 12 years without your family by your side, they miss out on a lot, yeah. a lot of those experiences. And, and now trying to recreate some, some memories um, and, and building the trust back with your family, it, I try and put myself in her shoes and it, it's, it's, it's hard, I mean, ah. Did you find her to be relatable? Because I think mm -hmm. in, in so many ways, just kind of the persona that she puts out there, it, you know, she's clearly a winner, she's driven, she is all of these things, but seeing that human side of her, did you feel like you related to her a, a, a little bit more or was it still kind of like you are just wired differently? Uh, definitely wired different, but I, I, can, I can look at some of the things that she's, she's done throughout her, her career and say, man, I, 
I was, I was thinking the same way. Mm. I, I was built that way. I wanted to win. I wanted to compete. I wanted to be the best I could possibly be. So from, from that standpoint, I, I empathize with her. Yeah. And, and, you know, she was also manipulated throughout these 12 years that she wasn't with her family. So, you know, that that's also gives you- That's the part that's so difficult to understand. Someone who's so driven and so determined being able to be taken advantage of in that way, I think is a signal to a lot of people that you don't always have complete control. Someone who you just assumed had complete control of her entire career and her, all of her emotions. Mm -hmm. And I think the part of like her being slighted yeah. all the time until she scored a hat trick in a final and then you, you can't anymore at that point. But she always felt that she wasn't giving her due credit. Mm -hmm. right? And so uh, the fire to keep pushing and not let that hold you back it's almost like you hear certain players, like Tom Brady came out with it, an interview saying, I had to be mad. I always had to be angry. Like, if you were looking at me, oh, you looking at me that way? Yeah. You know? That's <laughs> it's like, I agree. Like, Why are you looking at my boy, though? Well, I was, I was telling Chuck in the meeting the other day on my Instagram, Kobe did an interview post-playing career. He said he would walk into the arena listening to the Halloween theme song. Straight up. That's Monster dark. Mash? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you walk into the Darth Vader with the Darth Vader Duh, hands on. Something. But I, I'm, not, in here. I'm not elite yeah. like you guys. It was a Monster Mash. Wow. Magic Kobe. Nico walking. comes in, he's like, mm, yeah. Mm. He actually mushed me in the face on the way in. I said, that, that's a winner. And you go, yeah. That's my guy. <laughs> that's it. He needs to be yeah. in this, this Get in mindset. There. Yeah. Go. For, force team makes me feel differently, but <laughs> I, don't know where I saw him doing. I saw him doing this to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I floated out of my oh chair. Oh my! Anyway, guys, <laughs> uh, you can watch the entire conversation on Paramount Plus, kicking it, streaming right now. Um, Let's send it over to Ali Trost Martin, who's got our headlines. Hi, Ali. You've been waiting I, very patiently over I have. there. I, that's exactly how I walk into work every day. Just here <laughs> I do some, some soccer that's television right. here. Uh, let's get into the headlines. And we start with Lionel Messi, who returned to Miami after international duty with Argentina. He was in attendance at Drive Pink Stadium last night for Inter-Miami's 2-2 draw with Charlotte FC, but was not able to play in the match. And for fans hoping to see Messi one more time this season, uh, they could have that chance in Inter-Miami's season finale on the road at Charlotte FC on Saturday. Messi spoke to media in Peru after Argentina's World Cup qualifying win and said, quote, I'll play the game that is left now. Miami is eliminated from playoff contention, but they face a Charlotte side that needs a win to have a chance at the playoffs. In more messy MLS news, the World Cup champ moved to the top of the latest MLS salaries list with his $20 million salary, the highest in league history. Messi replaced Toronto FC's Lorenzo Insigne as the highest paid player in MLS. The $20 million is his salary, but doesn't account for his total compensation with Inter-Miami. Team owner Jorge Mas told reporters earlier this year that Messi is due to make in the $50 to $60 million range, including the revenue-sharing deals that he has with Apple and Adidas. We go from Messi to one of his best friends who received some awful news yesterday. Neymar was diagnosed with a torn ACL and torn meniscus that he suffered on Tuesday in Brazil's World Cup qualifying loss to Uruguay. Neymar is set for surgery and could be out for nine months, which makes him a doubt for the 2024 Copa America. The CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinal pairings are set, and the U.S. men's national team will take on Trinidad and Tobago. The U.S. were drawn against the Soka Warriors after they lost to Curaçao in the League A group play, finishing second to Panama in their group. 
The U.S. men's national team will host the first leg in Austin on November 16th, with the return leg in Trinidad and Tobago on November 19th. Mexico will face Honduras, while Jamaica meets Canada and Costa Rica takes on Panama in the other quarterfinals. In women's soccer news, a pair of uncapped 18-year-olds and a pair of veterans returning from injury headlined the U.S. women's national team roster for their upcoming October friendlies against Colombia. Becky Sauerbrunn and Sophia Smith are back after recovering from injuries, while teenagers Jaden Shaw and Olivia Moultrie have been called into the camp, with Moultrie set for her very first camp. The Americans face Colombia on October 26th in Utah, and then again on October 29th in San Diego. Colombia features teenage sensation Linda Caicedo, and they reach the quarterfinals of this summer's Women's World Cup. So going to be some tough matches for the United States. And Charlie, you are the president of the Jaden Shaw fan club. Uh, how do you see her fitting into this U.S. squad? I, I am. And <clears throat> I think the best part about Jaden Shaw's game is that you can play her in a variety of different positions. So she can play as a winger. She can play as a nine if you need her to be. She can also play as a number 10. I, I love the fact that she is good on the ball, she has great acceleration, the change of, of pace on the dribble, uh, good touches and good vision. Uh, another player who has a high, high ceiling and to be in that environment is only going to get her better. So I'm excited that she's, she's getting an opportunity to, to put on the shirt and, and play with the U.S. Women's National Team. And then Alexis, first time call up you know, camp for Olivia Moultrie as well. She's a player that, you know, we've heard a lot about over these last couple of years as she joined the NWSLs, the youngest player. I mean, what are you expecting from her in this one as we start to see the U.S. kind of dip into some of that youth and depth? Yeah, I think this has always been an issue with the U.S. women's national team is finding a way to get some of these youth players started earlier. Uh, a player who had to sue the league to get uh, to get a chance to play and has really developed a three assists, two goals with the uh, Portland Thorns can play centrally. Like you're saying, we have so many options now in the midfield. And one of the things we saw in this World Cup was we didn't see any of that creativity. We didn't see any of that attacking midfield. Uh, as Jordan mentioned, zone 14, you know, we didn't get enough of that. So I think Olivia Moultrie can provide that for the future. What a huge opportunity for her to get a cap, to get a chance to play around some of these like winners and, and leaders and just be around that and kind of absorb some of that. You've mentioned on the show multiple times how important it was to get on the national team and how, how much, how important that was for your development. I think it's going to be huge, especially as we start to see the grip that this U.S. women's national team has on this game sort of slip away a little bit. World football, uh, especially the women's game, is catching up to the U.S. This could be a big opportunity for us for, for the future. Yeah, especially against uh, a very fun Colombian team. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take uh, another timeout. We are uh, previewing some big games around Europe on the other side. Don't go anywhere. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Well, Javi Alonso has Bayer Leverkusen cooking. They are unbeaten on the season so far. And uh, oh. my guy, he's still got it. He's st- he could still play for this team. He's unbelievable. So this where skill. would he fit? Oh, that's the one. Oh. Are you kidding me? It's so silky. Saucy. So, Charlie, you have to bench Exeguil Palacios or uh, Granit Xhaka? Who you benching to start Xavi Alonso? Alonso. Yeah, bench the River player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, here's a look at the notable weekend uh, fixtures in the Bundesliga. Bayer Leverkusen will look to keep that unbeaten streak going on Saturday against Wolfsburg. Bayern Munich will take on Mainz on Saturday. Uh, but tomorrow, Borussia Dortmund hosting Werder Bremen at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Remember, you can watch all these Bundesliga matches on ESPN+. Uh, so let's chat a little bit about... Gio Reyna, because as hmm. we saw, he's now, I don't know if he's fully fit, but he's healthy enough to be Got playing. 90 minutes under his belt. So at this point, we haven't, he hasn't gotten a lot of minutes for Borussia Dortmund, but now, I mean, coming off what was a, a successful international break for him with the U.S., Charlie, do you see him being more in Eden Terzic's plans moving forward? I don't, I don't see it. Why? I feel that Terzic doesn't trust him. And, and every time he's had the opportunity to play Gio Reyna, he hasn't. And when Gio Reyna has performed, he's benched him. So for me, that hasn't given me hope that this is the right manager for Gio Reyna. Hmm. Dortmund, despite them putting up wins and good results, they weren't convincing. And as of late, before the international window, They've turned it around. They managed to beat Union Berlin handedly with a 4-2 result. So they rode the wave. They turned the tide without Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna has quite literally got zero minutes with Dortmund this season. He has only played with the U.S. men's national team. His first minutes this season was against Germany, which hopefully maybe against Germany, coaches watching the international game, you, you never know. But given the way things are going, it doesn't bode well for Gio Reyna and his playing time at Dortmund. Do you, I'm curious, Charlie, it's something that, that Nico said, how, how much of a factor can a successful international break be for a player who is looking to get more minutes at the club level? Because, you know, Gio Reyna, we see, we've seen it a lot, actually, in this window. Guys who are, do so well. Brendan on the Aronson, national, Brendan Aronson, McTominay, also. you know, like these guys mm-hmm. that do so well when they're playing for their country. Does that necessarily translate to the club level in terms of the coach's perspective when, when they're watching what they're doing during these breaks? It, it makes a massive difference for a player who's not getting playing time to come to the national team and play, and not only play, do well. He's, he scored a brace. You're going back feeling confident about your fitness, your sharpness, and your confidence about making an impact in the game. The, for me, when you look at Dortmund, you see Bino Gittens getting playing time mm-hmm. over Gio Reyna. Daniel like, Malin also, who's also was a questionable player, is like an undisputed start at this point. Well, he plays with the Dutch national team, so you can make that excuse. But Bino Gittens is a, is a young player, Fair. and Reyna should be playing over him, without a doubt. And he, he's been getting the nod over, over him. And then you have Julian Brandt, you have Marco Royce when he's healthy. So... For a Gio Reyna, you're coming back to Dortmund and you're waiting for that substitution appearance. When he's come in, he scored goals last season. Yeah. 
And that's all you can do is you can control what you can control. And you hope if, if things don't change for the better and you start starting matches, improving your fitness, improving your, your past, your injury woes, then January comes and you're like, hey, agent, let's get me a club. I need to play, mm -hmm. especially heading into next summer when you have a, a massive tournament, Copa America, for the U.S. men's national team. Gio Reyna, he's got all the skills and quality. We've seen it. Now it's just staying healthy from here on out and just putting performance after performance, focus on what you can control, and, and, and I hope that that, that happens for him. He from did, the, I was going to say, from the outside looking in, how would you assess why he's not getting those minutes? I get that the coach doesn't trust him, but what more can he do? He absolutely balled out in an international window. His coach must have seen that. What else can he do, or what is it that he's not doing? There's nothing else he can do. The, the, the reason why he's not playing is is between him and the coach. We, we don't know. Is he not doing exactly what Terzic wants from, from a player in his position? Obviously, Gio would rather play centrally as a 10. He has him sometimes playing on the wing. wing yeah. for, for, for actually, for most of the, the appearances that Gio Reyna's coming, he's been playing as a winger. Maybe he doesn't like the way he defends or the way he, he attacks or he doesn't want him to come inside so much. Whatever that reason is, there's a reason why Terzic doesn't play Gio Reyna. Um, just a correction, he came on as a late second half sub against Union for his very first minutes of the season. He got was that the, 26 minutes. Was that the minutes, last game before the international break? Literally 26 minutes yeah. under his belt. Yeah, I know. It must be so frustrating as a player. You know, it's, it's like, what it more can I do? What, can, what else can I possibly show you? And, and Christian's gone through it too. Yeah. But, and look where. It, it makes you up. tougher. It mm -hmm. gives you that resilience, and you just gotta. That's the, the life of a professional. You gotta ride the wave. Sometimes you're in form, sometimes you're not. Sometimes when you're not in form and a coach still plays you, yeah. great. You have the faith, but maybe sometimes your teammates get on you. Whatever it is, there's always gonna be downs. And it's how do you prevail? Fighting how do you come through. through it? And then hopefully finding uh, that perfect fit, which is a great transition to Serie A. Let's take a look at uh, some of the weekend fixtures that we have to look forward to. Torino hosting Inter Milan on Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern. You can watch that match right here on the Galazzo Network. But we are looking at Sunday's fixture between AC Milan and Juventus. 2.45 p.m. on Paramount+. Plus. This is kind of an American derby, sort of. If we want to talk about four specific players, I think people in Italy will be like, mm, no, not really, not so much. Uh, but when you think about the four Americans that are featuring for AC Milan and Juventus and the contributions that they've made for uh, their teams this season, especially the Christian Pulisic and, and Yunus Musa at AC Milan, we've got Weston McKennie and Tim Weah at Juventus. Uh, this, this feels significant to have four American players facing off against each other um, on, on two of the, the more successful European clubs that, that we've seen. Charlie, how much does this excite you? I'm, I'm super excited for this, and, and I'm sure they're, they're you know, going back and forth on the, on the team playing uh, as well as texting because now U.S. men's national team players, after a match, they split the costs with the club. They get on a private jet. They fly back home. So now you're getting back for that next day training, which in previous years and previous cycles, you miss that. And the coach starts to have some question marks. Oh, you've traveled a long time. You missed a, a day of training or a day of recovery. Maybe we're not going to start you. Where that, that's not really an excuse anymore. If the players are back, I think that's, that bodes well for, for all four to get 
serious minutes. Could we in see this all match. four starting? We could. I hope so. They did. Uh, um, Tim Weah and McKinney started together last match. The last match, because typically they've been swapping, swapped yeah. out for and, and Moose each has other. been starting with Milan, and we we all know what Christian Pulisic is to this this Milan side. So I wonder if they got on a PJ together. All four of them. Well, I saw that Yunus Musa and Timothy Weir were on the ah. jet together. Oh, oh, so what, they put it on their socials? They didn't catch that. No. Or you found out. Yeah, What had happened was... Yeah. <laughs> it would make sense, That's though. a commercial. <laughs> it would make sense, though, right? Yeah. All four of them, and then they each go their own mm -hmm. way, uh, arrive in Milan. I feel like we've, we've talked a lot about the Pulisic and Musa effect on, on AC Milan. Not so much on Tim Weah and McKenney at, at Juventus. I mean, what have you seen from them? so far at Juventus and how have they kind of made their mark on this team? The thing is with Musa and more Pulisic, Pulisic's like an immediate impact player. Yeah. You brought him in to be one of the guys. We mentioned at the beginning of the season from the outset when you go out and get a guy like Christian Pulisic, you know, Leao, Giroud, Pulisic can be your guy. And, and he's proven it to, from the beginning of the season. I don't know if Wea was brought to Juventus to have that same headline effect on Juve. Well, where what, what right wing back is going to be correct, a headline effect. Correct, right? <laughs> you know? um, and even McKinney, who's even swapping in at right wing back. I've been impressed with McKinney that he's been able to be so versatile on a Juve side. Throughout his career, man, Wesley McKinney has played center back. He was playing at times for Schalke. He was playing center back. He's probably like striker and goalkeeper are the only positions he probably has not played in his career. He played most of them at Schalke. That's where he was initially playing all over the place. Yeah. I remember being like, are you a right mid winger? Are you right back? That was a tough time uh, for Schalke, yeah. though, yeah. He played, at, he played at six, a center back. But Timothy Weah, he was brought in to replace Quadrado. It was a like for, for sure. like. For sure. Uh, an attacking winger, which he was with the U.S. Men's National Team, Come play oh, as a right even, wing back. Yeah, exactly. Right wing back, which we was doing at Lille. But then you have to make sure that you sound your defensive responsibilities, which he did at Lille, where he's a right back and a left back. So yeah. that, that was easy for him. <laughs> I forgot he did so Weston McKinney, I, we know he's not a right wing back. That's not his position. But if, if the manager is saying, hey, we're going to play you there, that's the only, I need you on the field, and I'll, you're going to be right wing back, and I don't want you central, then that's what you do. But he played centrally last match with Timothy Weah playing right wing back. So you're hoping that this is going to be two Americans mm -hmm. on Juve, two Americans on Milan, and that's, that's what we're going to see from the start. And you remember both, both of these players sort of started the season in a different, different light, in a different aura. You know, Tim Weah was sought after. Like you said, Quadrado's out. This is our like-for-like -like exchange. We're going to go get him from Lille. Weston McKinney at one point had his bags packed was under the impression he was going to be leaving. The manager, allegedly and reporter, was told him, you're not in our plans. Now, for him to play so well, to get back in the good graces of the coach, to get to be a starter, and for Tim Weah to be swapping in and out with him on, as a sub, it's sort of, you see Weston McKinney sort of take this turn. And he, he sort of, I don't want to use the term manned up, but there, there's, there's something about him where all of a sudden now he's a bit more of a leader, a bit more sort of taking on the chin. Responsible is a good word. Okay, I didn't want to say that, but okay. No, but he, yeah. he, you can tell that, like most of these players on the U.S. Men's National Team, they've, they've become men. And Weston McKinney knew he has a, an incredible opportunity to excel at the highest level. 
and to not let that slip. And he handled it's, the adversity it's, well. It's good to be the funny guy and he, be the guy that everyone loves to be around and have all the friends. That's okay. But you also have to be mindful of why you're there and show up and be there, and, and that's what he's done. He's led by example. He's risen to the, to the occasion, and now here he is. Juve can't get rid of him. I love how he's matured and kept his essence, too. Yeah. I just hope he stops putting ranch on pizza. That's all. Come on. <laughs> had to do it. Right? Had to Come bring on, it back. Uh, <laughs> AC Milan, Juventus, Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Eastern. We're going to take another break. Uh, the Azteca, oh. one of the iconic stadiums in soccer. We are diving into some of the greatest moments we've seen there after the break. a very bright shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. 